When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Oh no! We suck again! everyone welcome to victory monday or this week we're gonna call it oh no we suck again monday <laughs> this is from Pro- no credentials required we are pre- pre- we are brought to you by belly up sports in association with godzilla media and this week we're going to talk about the bad 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 loss by the new york jets but before i do that i want to bring in my my co-host for Victory Monday. I'm going to bring in a man who is uh, still kind of down from losing our quarterback, but I'll bring him in anyway. He's at stage five. But he's, at, he's at stage five, but I'm going to bring him in anyway. Dan Goldstein. Dan, what's going on, brother? It, it literally took till yesterday to finally let it sink in. Like, this is going to have to be the season. Like, it took – that's how long it took, man. It was – I cried real tears last Monday night uh, It. I cried like a family member died. It was, it was a lot. That was to be so emotionally invested over the entire spring summer to have your whole just hopes and dreams ripped away and literally four plays. It was, I, I couldn't take it. I broke down <laughs> and it took all week just to get the stage five acceptance just watching well, this game with Zach Wilson and quarterback realizing like we we have to do this again like we we just have to we have no other option. Well, I'll I'll get to my I'll get to my I'll repeat my feelings uh, about the whole ordeal. But before we go on, just want to remind you about our social media channels on Twitter or as some people call it X, Instagram, and the scarcely used TikTok. It's at NoCredsReq. Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsReq. YouTube.com forward slash no creds req as this will be a youtube exclusive and recording available for the next day just want to remind you to smash that like button and smash it responsibly money y'all if you're listening to the podcast side on on audio subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform that includes apple podcast spotify spreaker google play iheart Tune in, whatever platform you use, and don't forget to rate and review if you can. Five stars is the preferred amount of stars to review or to rate. And uh, I, I did a solo run of Victory Monday last Friday, uh, last Friday night. I couldn't do and it. I couldn't do it. That's okay. That's okay. I, 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 had to, I, I pushed forward. 
I pushed forward uh, a solo, so I had to do it. I had to go through the go through the emotional roller coaster again of that entire of that entire game. And I actually watched it the next. I actually wound up watching the full uh, half hour of the last five minutes of that game plus overtime, and go, going going back to my recesses and thinking to myself, "Wow, that really was an emotional roller coaster." And I'd rather not go through that again. And I, I will say this though: I, I mean, I I guess you wouldn't really consider me a real fan because I didn't start watching from the onset. as was at the gym because my health and fitness matters more than anything. Um, and I had just gotten notifications blown up on my phone. Does Ryan need a hug? Where's Aaron Rodgers? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and then I found, come to find out that he was carted off the field, and it's going, oh, no, here. Here we go. You know, it's just like we, we just can't have anything too nice, you know? Like, we just can't have anything too nice. There's always got to be something that has to go wrong for Jets fans to derail any hope and faith that we have left that this year is going to be our year. And it's just really unfortunate. It's just really unfortunate. And this one hurt. That This one hurt a lot. This one really yeah. hurt. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, thankfully the, the second half was – Especially the fourth quarter. That fourth quarter, I thought was magic, um, with the exception of Tyler Bass doinking in like a, a hockey goal. Yeah, uh, that field goal to end end of the end of regulation, and then see Xavier Gibson take that punt return back for a touchdown. And I just want to let you know, Dan, if you felt if you heard about a slight tremor in the upstate New York Saratoga region, uh, that was me jumping up and down in my house. Um, All right, I was wondering what that was. Yeah, Xavier Gibson. Taking that, take that punt return back. But that was last week. Yeah. And this is this week. Oh, my God. Uh, and I just want to warn the kids at home. This is going to be very salty. <laughs> the language yeah. in this episode is going to be very salty. This, this one might, that, this one's most definitely going to be have to be marked not safe for work. Yeah, it's going to have the explicit tag for sure. Uh, mostly from Dan, not so much from me. But uh, he That's gave me true. the warning ahead. He gave me the warning ahead of time. <laughs> so... The Jets lose to Dallas. They travel to Dallas. They t- well, I'm taking the L, 30-10. to 10. And for the first half, it was very competitive. The second half, though, what a train wreck. Dan, I know you got well, a lot to say. The first half had its moments. You know, it had it had its moments where they never let it went off the rails. You clearly saw Dallas was the better team here. I mean, like, it was right. pretty obvious right from the jump set from that first drive when they pretty much just drove it right down the Jets' throat, that Dallas was the better team. Like, it was it was kind of obvious right from onset. They yeah. did keep it close. Zach Wilson played about as well as you hoped in that first half for the most part. You know, that throw to Garrett was a dart. I think it was a laser, perfect throw right up the middle. A throw Zach has a lot of struggles with is right up the middle. So it was promising to see him being able to thread it in there between the linebackers, the safeties, the corner, and everything like that to hit that. But man, I mean, like, what what do you like? What do you want to say regarding like what just happened here? What did we watch? I mean, that offensive line was one of the worst performances I think we've ever seen. Connor McGovern looked horrible. Dwayne Brown looked horrible. 
Lake and Dwayne Brown's on Dwayne Brown was on skates all I mean, day long. Look, you can't blame him. Micah Parsons literally going to do that to anyone. I don't even think prime Jonathan Ogden would be able to keep up with with what how what Micah Parsons is looking like. I mean, this dude is a monster. And it pains me that the Jets passed on him. You know, like we didn't we didn't take him when we had the opportunity. And I bet you if we can go back to that redraft, we'd be taking him over Zach Wilson all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all they day. Would trade, they would trade down to take Micah Parsons. They yeah. probably would. They probably they probably would have traded down the two pick to take Micah Parsons. And I don't know how good this team would be, but you know, I don't know who we would have ran out at quarterback in you know, in twenty twenty one. But I mean to probably have Sam Micah Darnold. Parsons. <laughs> to have Micah Parsons on this defense would be, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It'd be insanity. But, I mean, just, yeah, the second half the second half comes about, and they didn't do anything to change their offensive line setup. They kept putting, you know, Dwayne Brown one-on-one with Micah Parsons. And it's for, the, for the most part, they did try and chip it, but – they just didn't do anything to make any kind of a changes. And Dallas's game plan from the beginning was clearly better than the Jets. Their preparation was clearly better than the Jets. The coaching today or that day was clearly better than the Jets. I mean, Ulbrich and Sala got spanked by McCarthy and Dan Quinn. I mean, there's no other way to say it. They got spanked, spanked like just naughty little boys that just won't clean their room. I mean, it was it was horrible to watch. Yeah, let's talk about that um, offense. I mean, the defense, to their credit, allowed only field goals in the second half. Only field goals. But this offense, there, look, I, I kind of heard what Nathaniel Hackett had to say. He gave all the praise in the world to Zach Wilson. But I feel like, I feel as if, this is another it's another therapy session, Dan. We're gonna have another therapy session. <laughs> we all need we need it. Yeah. The, they're setting up another quarterback to fail. They did it with Mark Sanchez. They did it with Geno Smith. They did it with Sam Darnold. And now the cycle continues with Zach Wilson. They had no running game. Zach Wilson was their running game. Zach Wilson was the leading rusher on this team. Four carries for Brees Hall. Four. Four for Brees Hall and four for Dalvin Cook. How? How does this – how? Why yeah. Why deviate from the game plan you had last week when you were running the ball down the Buffalo Bills' throat, especially running to the right side where you have AVT and Mekhi Becton leading that path? I mean, we saw that one play about Mekhi Becton. Man, he, blocked, he blocked two guys at once with, for Buffalo last week. This week, running game absolutely failed I mean, I, Nathaniel. I mean, I wouldn't say the running game failed, but it was Nathaniel Hackett's game plan that failed this offense. Had the opportunity to run it down the throat of the Cowboys, like they did last week. And once Dallas took away the run, because there were, I see a lot of play, I saw a lot of plays going up the middle. There was no hope. They had to put it all on Zach Wilson, and and that's, and that's the problem. That's what's going to keep happening now, see day after day. Because again, we already know what Zach Wilson is. He's a mediocre, gunslinging, hopeful game manager at this point. And he probably can't really go much further than what he is now. I mean, it's just just not there. So you saw what happens when you're an obvious game plan. You know, you wanted to take it away from Zach Wilson. 
and Dallas absolutely knew that. So, yeah, stack the box. Let's let Zach Wilson be a player that he hasn't shown he can be since he's been in the league. And, you know, if Zach Wilson beats them, then they can say, damn, he really turned a corner. But that's a risk every team's going to be willing to take at this point, showing what Zach has put on film. So what choice do you have? You're going to hand the ball off, and all they're going to do is just crash. So, I mean, what it, as good as Brees Hall is, like, what are you literally going to do? Like, Brees Hall is going to have to make so many yak yards happen in order to even throw – to even make anything positive out of what we saw yesterday. And I imagine probably what we're going to see over the next few weeks as we play very good defenses in New England, in Philadelphia, you know, et cetera, that are going to do the exact same thing. They're going to rely on their D-line to just shut down the run, and they're going to make Zach win the game. They're just – that's what's going to happen. So they became so one-dimensional with the loss of Aaron Rodgers that it's almost like, it's just obvious at this point. I mean, literally, like, I could scheme a game plan to, to beat the New York Jets because Zach Wilson is what he is. So Hackett's going to have to get very, very creative in his ability to manufacture touches and yards for his yak monsters that we have in Brees Hall, in Dalvin Cook, in Michael Hardman, and Garrett Wilson to kind of help him out. We didn't see any of that. Where no, was they're the not using their screens. speed. Where was not using play action? Where was yeah. shorts? Where was slants? Where was Where the was... rollouts for the court for Zach Wilson? Any of it. It was yeah. It was literally the let's do the thing Zach Wilson has proven he can't do, and that's like five step drops and scan the field. Like what is going on here? Like why are yeah, we, we watching we... this shit over and over and over? We did this last year with Lafleur. You're supposed to be better than Lafleur. You're supposed to be the guy. That's supposed to be a quarterback friendly. Hell, you went to the fucking AFC Championship with Blake Bortles, bro, and you had a yeah. top five offense that year. Like, and Bortles is good, but he's not that much better than Zach Wilson. Ultimately, well, you also had Leonard Fournette in your backfield, running angry. Brees, we got Brees Hall. We got Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. You got Brees Hall, who's probably the second or third best running back in the league right now. You could argue, you could argue, it's one, two, and three between CMC, Bijan, and Brees Hall. I mean, literally, between those three, put him in any order you desire, and you're probably right for who's the best running back in the NFL, honestly. There's no wrong yeah. answer between those three. Yeah, but it's like you have to do something different. You can't, yeah. you, you, you can't toss four yards back on a defense that knows you're running and will crash down on you. That's the dub. That play should have been absolutely taken out of the playbook as soon as Zach Wilson became our quarterback. There should be no tosses four yards behind us when you're stacking seven, eight man boxes, it should not happen. It should not be in the playbook. It's bad football. It's bad. It's just, it's, there's nothing good that can come from it. Nothing. No. And the offensive line didn't help at all. Obviously. Oh my I, we, God. I, mean, I, I said that last week, they have to improve that chip block. Why are they chip blocking? Why are they, why are they trying to not the, just not the chip block the uh, cut blocking? Why are you doing the cut blocks? That is that's, that's so 1990s. You're, pl you're playing – you're trying to cut block on the edges that are faster and more athletic. I mean, offenses and defenses are equally athletic. You just need to scheme better, but you're using cut blocks to try to cut the edge down like it's the 1990s and you run the West Coast offense. This is a different league. This is a different league. The athletes are bigger. The athletes are faster. You can't cut block. And 
I mean, God forbid you try to chip. Jimmy Ruckert was there for five plays. Number five one, plays. Number one blocker in the NFL week one. Just showing absolute dominance on film. He's killing and you have five it. Plays. You have five plays against arguably the D-line that matches up to your doubt the best in the league with Philadelphia in Dallas. So let's not use our dominant blocking young tight end that also has good hands. It can be a kind of a mismatch weapon in the game. You can scheme some things there for him too. But it was, I don't, I, there's, there's really no answers for, for, I mean, we don't really, we'll never know truly what Hackett and Sala were thinking when they were trying to put together this game plan and how they thought it was going to be a good idea. But to have, to, to juice that would to have you out there. Oh my God. I mean, I was listening to Michael Nania and, he said it best, bro. You could plant the tree in the middle of the field and it would do more than Usama does. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Usama needs to get off this team, like off this team. That is by far him and oh. him and Lake and Tomlinson are, are vying for worst contracts we've given out since Joe Douglas has been GM, not including well, 2019 well, well, where he had to pull some desperate shit out of his ass. Well, thankfully Usama's contract is, I think they have an option for this for this Correct. year. I think it's yeah. a four-year first, year, four deal. Years, but first two years were guaranteed. First two years were yeah. guaranteed, and the third year is a team option. So there is zero doubt that Uzama is gone after this season, and there looks to be zero doubt Lincoln Tomlinson is gone too after this season. Yeah. But that left side of the offensive line it concerned me before the season began, and it still concerns me now. Yeah. And I think I have a way to fix it. I think I'd I have a way to figure it. I haven't figured it out yet. All right, here's what you do. You bench Dwayne Brown. You move AVT to left guard. You put you put Tipman at center. I don't know if he's – is he still injured? I don't think so. Okay, Tipman at center. You move Connor McGovern to right guard. And you try to find somebody else to play left guard because Lincoln Tomlinson has been a huge Abhorrent. disappointment. Abhorrent. Huge disappointment. About to use Jeopardy words to show you how bad Lake and Tomlinson is. That's how bad he is. <laughs> Horrible. I mean, it's atrocious watching Lake and Tomlinson play. Like, I don't know where. Like, he was he all pro. And he was he was what Pro Bowl in San Francisco? How he was is terrible this- in Detroit? I mean, he was terrible in Detroit. Goes to San Francisco, revives his career, becomes a Pro Bowler. Signs to us off his Pro Bowl year into an offense that he was aware of because don't forget he was coming off San Francisco along with Mike LaFleur and Robert mm-hmm. Sala. So yeah. he's very familiar with what they're trying to do and he forgets how to play the position. I mean, he has forgotten how to play the position. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I haven't been able to watch obviously every snap of all 32 teams. I'm not, I don't get paid for it. If I did, I probably would, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't see how he's not a bottom five guard in football right now. I, I just don't. I just. I, I can't. I can't imagine there being five guards playing worse than what Lake and Tomlinson has shown us over these ah, last. Few you, weeks. you take out Tomlinson. You put in Wes Schweitzer. I, who knows what you're getting Who's with Wes Schweitzer? Is I mean, he, everybody. Anybody's got to be an improvement at this point, honestly. But I mean, it just goes to show you that even after four years of Joe Douglas four years now going into year yeah, five we're on year four yep. year four the fact that there's still this much work to do on the o-line is kind of an indictment on him 
It's actually quite a big indictment on them. There shouldn't be this mm -hmm. much work to be done. I'm not saying every team's going to be able to have a Cleveland, Detroit, Philadelphia offensive line. I mean, that's kind of an anomaly to have literally five superstars in your in your in your line. But I mean, to be this bad, I mean, to miss that bad on on a on a player signing of Lake and Tomlinson to not have anybody manning the left tackle that's worthless to now you have Makai Becton not on a fifth year option. So this is his last year and you have to figure out something to do with him after the season, depending on how he does. So we have holes at left tackle, theoretically, right tackle, theoretically, left guard. And then center, we're probably going to move on from a government throw Titman in after the season. I mean, what do you do? That's three positions here that we have. And if AVT does get moved to one of the tackle spots, then you got to fill AVT's spot. I mean, yeah, that's what that's why you put in Tipman at center and move McGovern to guard. I mean, but yeah, but that's for this season. Then what do you do after for the this next? season? But going forward, you got I, I, I. So we're gonna have a whole new offensive line again, and potentially AVT changing positions again. Like it's just mm -hmm. not. It, it's been very disappointing so far that Joe Douglas has not been able to figure this out. Now he did try and sign Orlando Brown. We saw the reports that came out beginning of the, before the season started, Orlando Brown said the jets went after him and went after him hard and offered him even more money than what he wanted for Cincinnati. But Cincinnati felt right. So, I mean, you can't fault Joe Douglas. Like he, he put the money on the table. It just wasn't, it just to him, wasn't the correct fit. So, I mean, who do you blame for that? You can't blame, really put the blame on Douglas. He did what he was supposed to do, but at the end of the day, you missed. It's right. a strike, so you do have to get penalized for it, and we're seeing it now. We're, we're seeing the penalty of Dwayne Brown. Here, here's my other question. And Dwayne Brown, again, he missed the entire preseason. He was on the pup list. He got activated a week before the season began. A week before, was it two weeks before the season began? I don't think he played a snap in that Giants game. He did not. But here's my other question. We talked. Joe Douglas talked about speed. Talked about speed. Talked about utilizing the team speed where's izzy abanaconda where's Nicole hardman why aren't you utilizing those two players in your lineup they got they're they're they've got speed the problem the problem i see is that it's just the with dalvin cook signed the running back room is crowded they clearly trust the three guys over the rookie in the most important role and that's third down pass protection and that's how rookies get on the field you show good pass pro you get on the field most rookies don't know how to do it to an NFL level to get on the field. And while Izzy has the speed, they're just not going to trust him in that role. But I right. mean, but what... atrocious through two weeks. He's been pretty horrible to this point. But Michael Carter is just, you know, he's he knows how to do pass throw better than Izzy. And then Hardman's just been kind of like unfortunate game plans, you know, like Aaron Rodgers went down and they had but... to switch everything up. Here's my question: Why can't you use Izzy on a Bonaconda on a screen? Like he shows, he'll show pass, he'll show pass pro, let the defense come, and then Zach Wilson just dumps up. They didn't utilize that part of the of the of What's, the uh, that's of the offense I mean. either. Like Hackett, where has this all been? Like it goes back to what we talked about. Where is the screen game? Where's the run? Where's like the RPOs? Where's the rollouts? Where's play action? Where's something to kind of help Zach get play to Zach's strengths? Whoa, like. He's dropping back three to – and while he's shown very – Zach has shown very much improved pocket movement skills, presence, et cetera. Like, I was very impressed with his footwork for the most part yeah. and, and that. He has 
very much shown improvement in his time working with Aaron Rodgers in this offseason in that regard. Yeah. But it's still not his strength. Like we shouldn't we shouldn't be basing our game plan around this. Like he yeah. needs the rollout. You need to open up the field for him. You need to get him more. You need to get you need more space to spread him out some so that he has time to process and look around and figure out what he wants to where he wants to go with the ball. Like you can't keep him in the pocket like that. He's not the kind of quarterback at the point where he can just thrive in the pocket a la Tom Brady or you know, Justin Herbert or these kinds of guys that are just like sitting pretty and hitting open dudes. Like it just, it's just not his game. Like you have to manufacture things more. You have to have more screens. We have to have more crosses, more slants, quick hitters. Like you gotta quick hitches or rollouts, something to get some space going because you can't, you're not gonna, we're not gonna win another game with a single game plan like that again. We're, we're really not. And mm -hmm. so it's just, you know, it's, it's just really upsetting to already be in this position week two. Yeah. And I do want to address something also. Uh, one thing on the defense. Uh, we got ourselves a JFM special yesterday, uh, but it was an unfortunate thing. But I, I was listening to the telecast. I wasn't watching it. I was listening to it, and Mario Lyons pointed out that he was thrown into Dak Prescott, that he was got thrown into by the guard, mm -hmm. and was still called for roughing the passer. But he got he, he bull rushed that guard. That guard fell over. He fell over him, and the guard just essentially grabbed his jersey and just like pulled him over him. And he ran yeah. right into he ran right into like Prescott's like lower thigh area yeah. right at the time where he threw that pass. It was a joke. The officiating yesterday was an absolute fucking joke. Yeah. And and, and that Mike, and that Michael Clemens getting the rough from the passer on Dak's second touchdown. The, why, why? on Brandon Eccles, I mean, the officiating could be a podcast within itself. That's how horrible it was. And I'm not one to I've go been back. Appealing, I've been appealing for years. Get These are not full-time refs. These referees, this is the only league of the top four leagues that do not have full-time referees. Also, why hasn't roughing the passer been made a reviewable penalty? It really Single pass interference. They really they should, should be because they're such game changers. They are such game yeah. changers, and they do need to be reviewable so that it can be overturned because, I mean, that that destroyed – not I wouldn't necessarily say it destroyed the momentum because, I mean, they were in the red zone when that happened. So, I mean, chances are they're probably kicking a field goal anyways. But, I mean, the demoralizing aspect of – it kept the momentum in Dallas's favor. That's what right. The demoralizing aspect you have to deal with of playing your heart out and putting the pressure on the quarterback just to get absolutely screwed, you know, like that, and multiple times over. I mean, man, I for Cleet, Cleet Blakeman and his crew, we have a place in hell waiting for them. And I, <laughs> you know, I really, yeah, I'm not going to say it because it's it's depraved and gross, and we're already going explicit. But I think it's too explicit where I want to go with this. I'm not going to say it, but I mean they deserve to have some awful, awful punishment to uh, to their backside. It's and one more man, and one more thing on the defensive side. Unfortunately, there was barely any, there was barely a pass rush because the only sack was by Solly Thomas, Sauce Gardner dropping that potential pick six that's that when i knew it was a over huge game changer that's when i knew it was over right when sauce gardner couldn't even take a gimme pick six i mean that was a gimme i mean dak hitched that was a gimme dak hitched and then threw a duck 
I mean, that's like if you watch that, Dak, Dak should have hit it the first time, decided not to, and they came back to it, and then it came out fluttering. That was a duck. And there is zero reason why Sauce Gardner should not be able to absolutely house that ball. That's when I knew right then and there this was it was done for. Call me a cynic, call me a negative Nancy, whatever the hell your terminology is for a Debbie well, Downer. You, you are depressed, Dan. I am depressed. <laughs> you know? Use use any and all terms you want, but right then and there, that's glum, what glum, I gold, glummy Goldstein. Well, I like that. Glum Goldstein. That's true. <laughs> that's true. We have to smile through the pain, folks. We have to smile through right. the pain. That was, that was some, some gallows humor. Gallows humor. That was this. That was the time where I knew that this was it, it was officially done for for the Jets. Like maybe they can keep it close, but there was no dub coming after Sauce Gardner can't even pull a gimme interception pick six, uh, and and make something happen before the end of the half to go potentially go into the half fourteen ten on a first half that was mainly Dallas. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was when I knew. Players of the game, I don't, I don't really have any. There were it's there hard, weren't man. really much. There weren't many bright spots on this day. I mean, you could say hard. Solly Thomas for that one sack. You could say Zach Wilson for his passing and his running. Although I would say Garrett Wilson for that long touchdown that brought the Jets back into the game. But I, there's no real bright spots. I don't want to give a player of the game award to um, anybody. I mean, for what it was, Jermaine Johnson had a decent game. I mean, granted, you didn't see the hopeful dominance that every you know everybody was talking about him being the player at training camp for the most part. And we haven't mm-hmm. quite seen him in that level yet. We haven't seen him quite be an absolute wrecker. He had a great game against Buffalo, but I mean, yes. he hasn't been like a game wrecker, like taker over kind of a player like what people were talking about in training camp. So, I mean, you can kind of – you can still give a game game ball to Quinnen. Granted, you kind of wish he was still able to do more in the pass rush, but Dallas's game plan was literally perfection. It was – yeah, ball was out within two to two and a half seconds. They were killing – they were killing the Jets on screen plays. They were – he was hitting C.D. Lamb however he wanted to. You know, it was, D.J. Reed has had a very rough start to the season. This is not the D.J. Reed we're accustomed to seeing. Uh, hell, it's not the Sauce Gardner work we're accustomed to seeing here. Now, granted, Sauce hasn't been quite as terrible as you as people think he has been. But man, what's up with his feet? Like, he's like he looks like his ankles like are struggling to be able to keep up with the rest of his body. I mean, he's wobbling. Mm. You know, like that touchdown to the tight end. Like, granted, that was Quincy Williams' zone coverage, but Sauce is right there and. But like Sosa last year is like gonna drive on that, at least put a, a hand on him and tackle him. But like you watch the replay, like he looks like he just wobbles as soon as he tries to make directions. Like his ankle strength isn't quite there. Like he, it's taking him an extra half a second to get his feet under him. And he complained about that actually after last week too that he's struggling to get his feet under him. And I'm like, I don't know how to fix that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know how to I don't that. know if it's a strength and conditioning thing, or if it's just he, or, or you know, I don't know. But he, but I saw it last week too. I was saying the same thing. It's just like he looks a second. He looks like a tick slower. His reaction time's not there because he can't seem to get his feet under him, which is causing his tackling to be atrocious. I mean, his tackling has been bad. Did not he good. try to? Did he try to bulk up during the regular during the off season? 
I don't know. Probably... I mean, he don't look any bigger than what it was. I mean, I imagine he's probably still sitting pretty close to what he was at this 190, 195-ish range yeah. that he plays at. I So I, I don't know, but it's just like, what? I don't under, like, that's something like, I'm just, I, I don't really know what to say about it. Like, I, I don't know. It's just something I noticed just like as a very detail-oriented person that like his ankles just, like he, they're not, they just feel disconnected from the rest of his body. It's taking another half a second for the rest of his body to be able to do what his feet and ankles want the rest of the body to do. And it's causing issues. And again, he just, I don't know if he needs to just do more like footwork drills. If he needs to just, you know, kind of practice what's, what's it called? The, uh, the, the rope drills, you know, the box, the, the running box drills, the ladder. ladder thank you. Ladder drill. You know, he needs to, he, he, maybe he needs to spend some time doing the ladder drill to kind of, catch it all up to the rest of it I, i'm not sure but it, it's a problem i've noticed and it's it's affecting his ability to tackle and his like ability to kind of drive on stuff so you know that's just that's just something else and dj reed man i don't know what's going on i don't know if it's like it feels it almost kind of feels like dj reed's size all of a sudden is starting to become a problem because you gotta remember dj is only five nine he ain't a big mm -hmm. dude you know he's a five he's five nine like 190 I mean, he's not a big guy he plays big, but you're starting to see like these bigger physical guys, like they're getting there. They're having their way with them, man. I mean, CD lamb, CD lamb had his way against DJ Reed yesterday. And you know, it's, it's been, the teams are kind of learning how to play DJ Reed a little better. If that's the case. And then this is the version of sauce Gardner we're dealing with the Jets secondary. Isn't going to be anywhere near as good as what we were hoping for. And you know, that's kind of our, you know, this between the secondary and our pass rush, our bread and butters, both being and pretty much non-existent yesterday. It's going to be, uh, it, again, it could turn into a very long season real quickly for the Jets again. Well, hopefully they make those adjustments and we see them turn into the unit they were last year. But we're only week two. We're only week two. There's 15 games to go. So we'll see. We'll see what happens from here. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Actually, we want to bring up one of our sponsors, Tanzil's House of Carcoochies. Stuff the run and stuff your face at Tanzil's House of Carcoochies. But, <laughs> but seriously, folks, we'll be right back just in just a second. Uh, you're listening to or watching Victory Monday. Hey, everyone. It's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports. Seat Geek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at Seat Geek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BellyUpSports at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. Seat Geek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. That's right, folks. Football season's here. Hockey. I know Dan. Dan is a big Florida Panthers fan. Hockey season's just around the corner. Stoked. I guess if you're, I guess if you're into basketball, you can get basketball tickets too. Baseball playoffs are coming soon. Yeah, big deal. But, folks, SeatGeek.com has your tickets. Get yourself some nice, good certified seats, at good prices. And again, you use promo code BellyUpSports to get twenty percent off your first purchase of fifty dollars or more. I'm excited for the New Jersey Devils season. I'm going to try to make it to a couple games this year. Uh, I know they're playing the – I'm going to try to make it in January to the Chicago Blackhawks game. They're playing number one overall pick Connor Bedard in that game. That's going to be a 
That's going to be gonna a fun be match. Ex- it's going to be an expensive ticket. Have you looked at what Blackhawks tickets are going for because of the dark? I happen to oh. look for the Florida game, too, and they are, I think, the second most expensive ticket at the moment on the resale market for, for down here. People want to see the dart. I mean, this kid is generational, like legit. He's well, every sense of the word generational. Yeah, but yeah, twenty bucks off your first purchase of fifty dollars or more. That certainly helps. It only costs you seven hundred instead of seven twenty for two tickets to see him. Well, it's like it's not like going to see uh, Lionel Messi. Uh, I know. I remember seeing uh, New York Red Bulls tickets were going for for one ticket in the nosebleed section when he came to when he came to play the Red Bulls. They're going for four hundred and twenty. Four hundred twenty-five dollars for one, one that, ticket. That stadium, that stadium's twelve minutes from my house, where the where Inter Miami plays. My best friend, my best friend's a season ticket holder of Miami Heat, and he got into Inter Miami um, when the when the talk started, when it was talking about Messi may come over to Inter Miami. He's very intuitive like that. He Smart. was like, you know what? I'll buy. He's like, I'm buying them now while they're get them now before they go up. And if, and if Messi doesn't come, he goes, whatever. He goes, what I lose? I, you know, they weren't they weren't nothing at the time yeah. he bought them. So he's like, I'll go to a couple crappy soccer games, I'll, or I take a, a small L on this. Or if Messi comes, he goes, I'm up huge. And as per usual, same thing he did with his heat tickets. You know, he got them. Right before the hit happened, he got his heat season tickets the year before LeBron and Bosch came through. So the year Dwayne Wade separated his shoulder and was out for the season and heat tickets were at their bottom dollar is when he bought two season tickets for like in the teens a game. And then he had LeBron and Bosch and D Wade for the next five years. <laughs> and, and he was selling tickets for hundreds of dollars when he was only paying like 20 bucks a piece. It was he made a boatload, and he's doing it again this year too. Granted, he also goes to the games too, so he's not just a yeah. reseller. He's not an asshole that's just buying for profit. Don't don't go jump trying to jump down his throat. He 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 goes to a lot of these games as well. He's a he's a true fan. He's a true he's fan. a true sports fan. But you know he he makes a buck. Can't hate him for it. Nope. Speaking of hate, Dan, this week is Patriots Hate Week. But before we talk about Patriots Hate Week, I gotta play this PSA for my buddy Wisel Hefe. The following is a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe. Boston. This has been a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe. Gotta love that. <laughs> My whole mom's side of the family is from Boston, and they're all Patriots fans. I am together. so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so this this week is always tough between me and my cousins here because me and my dad are the only you know we're 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 on the New York side. My whole, but my mom's side is much bigger than my dad's side, and it's all Boston Patriots fans over there. So this week will be a lot of shit talking in the text messages and on Facebook for sure between me and my cousins. Oh, before we get to the Patriots Hate Week, Dan, got a trivia question for you. When was the last time the Jets drew a roughing the passer penalty? Two thousand and eighteen, I believe. No? Nope. It was in week 12 in 2021 against the 21. Houston Texans. Yeah. So it hasn't been that far back. But I just want to throw that trivia question before we get to Patriots Hate Week. Listen, Dan. 14 games. 14 no games more. in a row. And I can't take any more of it. And I'm praying. I'm praying. 
the Jets. I wouldn't say sneak one out, but I want them to win at MetLife Stadium. I don't want to see. I want to see an atmosphere like it was on Monday night, last Monday night. See a green, speckles of blue or red out here and there, but mostly Jets fans. I want the crowd to be loud when the Patriots on the field and we're on defense. I want them to shut up when they're on offense, <laughs> when the Jets are on offense, but also get loud when the Jets make a great play. And I'm praying that this offensive hiccup, this offense last week against Dallas was just a hiccup, but we know Bill Belichick is a vindictive son of a bee and will do anything to beat the Jets. That's legal. That's legal. Sorry. I just, I can't go into another. I can't lose to the Patriots again. I can't be down one and two. I If, if we're going to be, if we got to be two and one, I'd rather that one loss certainly be to Dallas. I'd love to be two and oh in the conference, in the division, you know, still, still fighting the good fight as we continually move on through the season. Mac Jones is not a good quarterback. That offensive line is not a good offensive line. Their weapons is not a good enough, not a solid amount of weapons. Not a single player there should scare anybody. They just, Zach Wilson just has to kind of figure something out against Belichick's defense. You've got to figure something out. You've got to show us that you understood the assignment. You kind of understand what Belichick's about to do. And you've got to be able to find the open man. Like you just have to. Mm-hmm. Like this is literally this whole game is literally Zach Wilson versus the Patriots D. This yeah. I have no doubt in my mind that the Jets defense is going to come out firing on all cylinders. They are going to be furious at the way they were manhandled in Dallas, furious at the way that they were not able to even really get close to Dak Prescott for the most part. And the only sack they got was a coverage sack. They're going to be pissed off at the fact that they that they did a complete 180 from Buffalo to Dallas, and they're going to want to flip the script right back again to remind people. So I, I'm fairly certain that those guys, those boys are going to have a decent game plan, know how to attack the offensive line, know how to make Mac Jones uncomfortable, and just be able to keep them in check. Question is, can Zach do anything? Can he do anything? We cannot watch what we saw last year against New England with Zach Wilson. We cannot do it. In both games. Yeah, we can't in particular, do it. In particular, week 10. Yeah, those are managed only two yards. Two yards yeah, in the second can't, half. Can't, can't have it, man. You can't have it. You cannot have it. You have got to figure out ways to manufacture some touches to get Zach Wilson comfortable and get some guys churning out yards. Throw some wide receiver screens that turn into five, six-yard gains to get positive momentum, get some wide-open holes on the right side behind ABT and Becton for Brees Hall to exploit, and like let's, let's get something going here so that Zach can feel comfortable. Can't get down in a hole early. Can't get him looking desperate and looking scared right off the jump. Like, you just can't. I can't see it. You do not want your last three possessions of on offense of the game being intercepted. No. Like yeah, it, can't, it can't happen. It can't happen. You know, and to go back to that game real quick, I mean, you look at the box score and you're going to say Zach Wilson was terrible. And really he wasn't. 
That was that no. game wasn't on Zach Wilson for what mm -mm. it was. You can't. You're not going to sit there and if you and we're not Zach Wilson and, and we're just a disclaimer. We are not Zach Wilson truthers. We have given no. plenty not of crap over the past two years. No. This is just this is an indictment on the game planning of Nathaniel Hackett, not I'm necessarily very, on I'm, Zach Wilson. I'm very much a realist. I'm going to call people out when they play like shit, and I'm going to praise them when they play very well. And you're, thank while, you, coach. Thank you, coach. Thanks, Coach Prime. Yeah, and <laughs> and while and while Zach wasn't amazing, that was not a loss. That was on Zach Wilson. You're going to see three no. interceptions and think that Zach Wilson was absolutely atrocious. But the game was already out of hand at that point, and he's trying to put something together. And through Zach Wilson's credit, if Demarcus Lawrence doesn't hit his elbow before the half, that's a touchdown to Garrett Wilson because he absolutely mm -hmm. throws the digs. And yep. third, if Zach Wilson looks off the free safety a little bit and then hits that bomb to Wilson, who again towards digs, because that was going to be right in Wilson's breadbasket if the safety wasn't there. That would have been three touchdowns to Garrett Wilson, and the whole narrative on Zach Wilson would have looked a hell of a lot different, even with the L. It was literally a game of inches that could that changed the entire narrative on how Zach Wilson played. A Demarcus Lawrence hand to the elbow, and a Malik Hooker, and just Zach just not doing enough to distract the safety to keep Wilson open when he turned towards Diggs on the in the fourth quarter. I mean, that would have been three so, touchdowns right there instead of one. And, you know, one less interception that that happened there as well. Yep. Run. The, uh, there's my keys. There's my key. I mean, you, you said it, Dan. I mean, that's my keys to the game. Run the football effectively. Do it early. Get the, I say I say, if they just win the, the coin toss, I want to see what they can do on offense first. I want to see what they can do. I want to see what they can do. I want to do the exact same thing Dallas did to the Jets – this week, march down the field, score a touchdown, and I say, okay, let's see where, let's see, uh, let's see what Mac Jones can do. Let's see if he can do it against our defense that can get after the quarterback, that can, that can shut down receivers, that can, that, that I mean, and their linebacker has been decent, has been halfway decent too. We'll see what Quincy Williams, if, if we'll see if Quincy Williams is back in the lineup this week. I guess he hurt his knee last. He hurt yeah, his I haven't heard. Name. I haven't seen any update as to what exactly is going on there, or anything like that. I think he's still just. I think they're still evaluating. They're calling him questionable. So okay. Michael Carter's not going to be a problem. He'll be in there. Probably doesn't look like we're going to have Tony Adams this week. Um, I think I think it's a hamstring strain. I think he's probably out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, for that one. But, so, yeah, run the ball, set set Zach up for success. Get him out of the pocket with some pat with with some out of the pocket passing. He was successful last year against the Patriots in the first game until until that roughing the passer penalty that took away that pick six. That would have been donezo. Uh -huh. But we had the JFM special that wasn't necessarily on him because the referee called the puffing the passer. And as I quote, as the referee said to Robert Sala. After that happened, as I, I'll quote, he hit him too hard. Yeah. Fucking unbelievable. I can't. Yeah, I was watching a, I came across a, like a Facebook clip or a TikTok clip or something like that. And I can't remember who it was, but they were interviewing Charles Haley, Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame D lineman Charles Haley. And they were asking him, like, do you still, like, do you even watch football anymore? He goes, no. He goes, this isn't the game yeah. I know. He goes, no, this is the game. Is he goes, he goes, we used to take three steps with you in our arms and then spear you into the ground. Yeah. He goes, I, he goes to, he goes, he goes, today's quarterbacks wouldn't even be able to handle playing in the eighties and nineties. He goes, they not. wouldn't even be able to handle it. He goes, 
these guys, he, he said it. He says, they're all soft. He goes, every single one of them is soft. He goes, it's not their fault. He goes, they grew up in a, he goes, they grew up training in a different game. He goes, but you wouldn't be able to do it. He goes, Tom Brady wouldn't have played till he was 46. He goes, there's no, no way. He goes, Tom Brady would have got destroyed if he tried to play in the 80s and 90s. And he's right. And it's just like, I understand, I understand, you know, prioritizing health and safety, but you're sacrificing the integrity of the game. These guys yeah. understand what they're signing up for and they make hella good money for the risk. Like you have to loosen it up a little bit and allow these guys to play. I'm not saying you definitely should penalize for going below the knee. hundred percent. You should penalize for going below the knee, but this Michael Clemens bullshit that fucking happened this weekend. I don't see how you get any more of a clean hit on a quarterback. He hit him in the chest, leading with his shoulder as, as the ball was coming out. What more could you possibly? I mean, what do you want him to do? At it was that textbook. Point? It was text. What, it was a textbook they want on a these, quarterback. They want these guys to like fucking Dragon Ball Z their way into like a different movement after they're done hitting him. They want him to hit him and like and like neo flip their way out of their momentum or something like that, so that they don't land on them. You can't do this shit. This isn't the Matrix. Like they don't have strings attached to them. Like they're in a fucking Broadway play. Like they, they or NSYNC video. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I love that video by the way. NSYNC, NSYNC. <laughs> I'm so excited for the reunion in the new Trolls movie. Throwing that, out, throwing that out there since you distracted me, but like you're you welcome. <laughs> you can't have that. Like you cannot have that. That is destroying the integrity no. of the game, and, and it's horrible. It's horseshit. And I and I will stay on this hobby horse until the league changes the until the competition committee does does something, something to change this rule of of this roughing the quarterback. I get it hits to the head or bad. I get it hits to the leg or near bad, but this ha- something has to happen where at least there's some sort of advantage for the defensive team. We've left it so for so long. Thank you, Peyton Manning. Thank you, Tom Brady, for making the for making this such a pro offense league that the that you can't you can't even like you can you can barely get sniff at the, the sniff, like whisper you can whisper at a quarterback and flag flag for real no. for real like how are you gonna call roughing the passer on JFM or Michael Clemens and then Matt Milano doesn't get it when he spears the shit out of Mike White yep yep you can't week 12, have this both ways. Like, week 12, 2021 season. The last time the Jets earned a rough in the passer penalty. You can't have it, man. You can't do it. And it's just, and the Matt Milano and the Matt Milano hit to the hit to Zach Wilson's head on Monday night, too. Don't forget yeah, that. He, he was dirty as shit again in, in the Bills game. He was dirty as hell. You saw him too in the scrum. He's yanking his ankle like crazy. Like there was a scrum at some point, and Matt Milano's on the outside pulling the ever-loving shit out of Zach Wilson's ankle, man, that can do damage to a guy's ankle and knee and hip right Mm -hmm. there. I mean, you could stretch a tendon or dislocate a joint, no problem, trying to pull some chiropractic shit when a guy's not looking. Like, give me a break, man. This is ridiculous. And don't forget forget Matt Judon rolling on Zach Wilson's leg in 2021, too, which caused him to be out multiple weeks. Like, I'm I'm not trying to sound like a homer or nothing like that, but, like, it's... To anybody that's truly paying attention, like take any one of these teams that's not the Dolphins or Patriots. 
you take anybody that's not a direct rival, and they'll tell you, man, and they watch some games, and they'll tell you there looks like to the be there's some there's somehow there's some officiating bias at this point going on. This is why we need full time referees in the NFL. Don't hire insurance salesmen. Don't hire school te- gym uh, school gym teachers. Full time efficient officiating. There should be make full time. Should be full time cheerleaders too. Cheerleaders don't make as much money as they should either. Yeah, right. If we're gonna make full time anything, it's being full time everything. You're a part of the you're a part of the NFL team. You're full fucking time. You're an NFL cheerleader that has to sacrifice her free time, her weekends to do difficult choreography and that kind of stuff. You get paid for it, man. And Same mascot. The officiating. Mascot, all of it. Not the yeah. mascot, though. He you, make, you make billions of dollars, NFLs. Yeah. together. Not the Dolphins mascot, though. He deserves nothing. <laughs> or Pat the Patriot. Yeah. He, deserves, he deserves to get speared by Jamal Adams again. Yeah, they do nothing. They get nothing. <laughs> Well, we're going to leave you folks with just to remind you about our social media channels, which are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's at NoCredsRQ, Facebook.com, forward slash NoCredsRQ, YouTube.com, forward slash at NoCredsRQ. On the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast and your preferred pod platform. Don't forget to rate and review. Five stars is the preferred amount of stars. Dan, anything else to add before we take off? Um, Besides Mac Jones' trash? Mac Jones is trash, and so are the Finns. Even though they don't exactly look like it just yet this season, I still think the Finns are trash. So they're yeah, one, they're, they're trash. two injury, two injury away from being being ordinary. Again. To their two injury away from being a worse Jets team. Like let's be serious. That's literally what it is. We have a better defense, and right now their biggest advantage is Tua compared to Zach. Let them lose Tua, and they're way worse than we are. Dickie. There's the, there's the mascot. No credentials required. Speaking of mascots, <laughs> my other, well, the thank- other the other cat I brought on this channel passed away. Oh, I miss her. Yeah, she That's had a kidney, she had kidney failure. Well, we we had to put down Oreo back in March. She had uh, she had a mass in her in her chest, unfortunately. Brutal. But but Tag here for a bit. He's un- he's he's unstoppable. But anyway, folks, Victory Monday from No Crunches Required, presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media, or as I call it, as we call it this week, oh no, we suck again Monday. But join us next week. Hopefully, it's a better result. We'll we'll be able to play the Victory Monday song. But until then, thanks for joining us. Subscribe, all that all that stuff. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Fuck the Pats. What Dan said. We suck again!